You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 110, we're discussing Oscars 2018, Infinity War, and Solo. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Nerd Room. It is a pleasure to have you back here to discuss comic books, movies, award shows. But before we get into really all of that talk and do our comics and collecting for the week, we have a very special announcement. We have a new member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We'd like to welcome Less Than 12 Parsecs, the fastest podcast in the galaxy. Welcome to Tim. Great name, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) To the network. He has an absolutely incredible podcast. Make sure you go check him out. You can find him on the StarWarsCommonwealth.com website, just under the podcast network. I just... I'm so ecstatic to have him aboard again, bringing a new dynamic to the Star Wars Commonwealth that fills us up, I think, to nine or ten shows. Wow. Yeah, so it's getting up there. There's a lot there for everyone, so go check them out. Subscribe to my iTunes, and you can find them on Twitter as well. Just go to the StarWarsCommonwealth.com website, and you can find all of the links there. So, Tim, welcome to the Commonwealth. Yeah, Yeah. welcome, Tim. You can explain to me what a parsec is. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You're on a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, but like, what's the official time measurement of a parsec? Then we're not going to get into that because it doesn't make a whole ton of sense. I don't think. Maybe I don't know. Tim, it's open to you. Welcome aboard, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I love to see the Commonwealth growing here. It's it's become a, like a big passion of mine to see and and watch this thing grow and thrive. And being a part of it is is oh, I'm so excited about it every single day. <laughs> We're like yeah. Netflix right now. Yeah. All this original oh, yeah. content is going on. Exactly. Oh, we're way better. We're exactly. way better. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I want to do while we're here talking about Star Wars Commonwealth, I want to also congratulate Neil Lowry. He is a big supporter of all of our podcasts on Twitter. Very positive guy out there. Kind of out there. Strong force for positivity in the fan community. He became a knight of the Commonwealth this past week. That was announced over on Talk Star Wars. So, Neil, welcome to the Commonwealth officially. Nice. Nice. Welcome along, man. Congratulations. It's been a big week in Star Wars Commonwealth. Big couple months, actually, in the Star Wars Commonwealth. So, make sure you guys head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Check out all the shows there. Everything's being published over there right now. So, there's a lot of Star Wars going on there. So, make sure to go over there and check it all out. But, now that we're done with... All of that, that little bit of intro. I think it's time to talk about our week in Nerd. How was collecting, how was comics for you guys this past week? Uh, well, comics, I didn't make it to the shop this week. I've been, I know, I know. Throw your hate mail at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been collecting some movies, some steelbooks, just picked them up. Um, just a quick plug here. I'm, I'm sorry I don't want to hijack this, but uh, if you're into collecting movies and that sort of thing, make sure you check out our channel on YouTube. I've been posting some updating video collector videos. I got to think of a better movie collecting update videos. There we go. I always say video collecting videos. And it just sounds <laughs> redundant. Cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> so make sure you check those out. Uh, thank you for all the fans that have been watching it and promoting it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying what you're seeing and let me know in the comments or anything. Give me a shout out. Let me know. 
what you're enjoying about them or if there's anything I can do better. So I'm all about learning. So check that out. Awesome. Yeah. Just search Nerd Room Podcast on YouTube. And, and spoiler alert, Sanjay picked up a sweet steel book. Thor Ragnarok. So yeah, that's I'm right. Sure we'll see yeah. that in the next episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Just yeah. walked into it with um, maybe or maybe not my digital code. Maybe <laughs> don't discuss those type of things here. Exactly. Right. It's under the table. Yeah. Like literally, I'm passing it to Tim under the table as we speak. <laughs> it's a beautiful steelbook, though. Yeah, I'm really actually impressed with it. The last couple of Marvel steelbooks have been hit or miss. I've got them all. I love them all, but this one I really love. Like this one, they really brought it, and Black Panthers really brought it. So I'm excited to see. That one in person. Yeah, it's going to be a good looking one. Yeah. I can't wait to rewatch Thor Ragnarok, my number one movie from 2017. My wife wow. hasn't seen it yet either. So yeah, nice. it's like I'm excited to pop that in. Maybe even a little later tonight. We'll see. We'll see how things go today. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best comedy of 2017. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Best films. My favorite. <laughs> Troy, how is comics? I know you got a fat stack, mm. man. Crazy, crazy, man. Shout out to Alpha Comics. Um, I picked up a... I can't even begin to count the number of comics <laughs> I picked up You're paying his there. heating bills, man. <laughs> man, I, I just spun that wheel and just watched it land on a high number. So, um, <laughs> you know, but I got some comics, which is cool. I got to catch up on Vader. So, unfortunately, of all the comics, I didn't get to read them all. But I did do issue 10, 11, and 12. Oh. Darth Vader. I'm all caught up now, oh. and it feels good, man. This is it's a great comic. I'm not going to spoil anything. Like uh, Tim and I mentioned already, I had one little nitpick, but either than that... It was uh, is a great run, and I can't wait to see how far this comic's going to go before yeah. it even ties with um, uh, Lords of the Sith. Um, as well, I picked up some Marvel Legends. I got a, a nice courtesy call from Tim over here. He got my <laughs> back on uh, the Infinity War line dropped at yeah. Toys R Us. Yeah. is all over, and as well, EB Games here in Canada. So right away, I got off work, hit up Toys R Us, <laughs> got my hands on Cap or the Nomad Cap, if yes. you want to call it that. Which is pretty cool. I really like that figure. The the, the the face sculpt is wicked. This is the best looking Chris Evans we've seen. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, but this yeah. is the best looking Chris Evans toy that we've gotten. And then I made my way to EB Games. And I got the Iron Spider. Which is sweet. I love this figure a lot. I actually like it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. It's the best look we've had at the costume. Which is sweet. Highly articulated of course. And um, outside of the Infinity War line. I picked up the. Uh, I guess you could say the complete Build-A-Figure walmart exclusive version of yeah, thanos the gym star on looking thanos. Nice. exactly exactly and he's okay i just I, I knew i was never gonna be able to get the whole original set that you got and i'm not gonna get the whole infinity war line to yeah. build the mcu version of thanos I, I gotta have a thanos figure so i thought i'd pick this guy up he's gonna be he's a peg warmer this yeah. guy's gonna be oh, sitting around <laughs> so many very long time yeah yeah right? Yeah, Definitely. So. it's good looking. Very like like I said, very Jim Sterling. Like yes, yellow, yellow, blue, blue. Like very much out of the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. But it's it's a good looking figure. It's kind of a repaint of the one that build a exactly figure it. from I don't know 2015 or so 2016. So yeah, it's it's. It's a Thanos figure, right? Exactly. And he's seen right now in my corner of villains. So I got yeah. him with my build a figure Sandman and um, the Vulture. Vulture. Oh, yeah, I got oh, Vulture nice. there and uh, Juggernaut. So nice. I got a nice little villain rack going on right now. I remember as a kid uh, going into comic shops trying to pick up like a big baddie because I had Galactus. I had Apocalypse. I had Magneto. I was like, oh, I really want to get a Thanos. And for the life of me, growing up, I could never find a Thanos figure because they were just not that popular. Imagine being a kid now, like eight to ten, where you can get like literally any figure in comics history. Pretty much, it's crazy. It's an amazing time to be an uh, adult collector, and I imagine to be a child collecting. Because I remember growing up, and I could never find a Thanos figure, and I like pined for it and pined for it. It is like the one that got away. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because as a kid, the easiest villain I could find. 
apart from Venom, and he's like an anti-hero, yeah. was Magneto. I had a Magneto in like this weird card. Like Magneto was in the card. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird, right? But like if you flash forward now, like good luck finding a Magneto yeah, that's true. figure, right? But you can Very find a Thanos and a Juggernaut and all I that think stuff. Yeah. SH Figuarts just did a Magneto. They did a, a oh. run there. But he's like, I think in the white suit. Oh, okay, from if the Uncanny no, X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, nice. that's probably the last Magneto I've seen. They were about due for one, right? Because we never got an yeah. X-Men wave of anything. No, right? just got Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. You got that Cyclops, I think. And <sighs> so hard to find. Yeah, a few others and that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's been... Yeah, I same thing, man. This week in Nerd for me was Infinity War. I walked in Toys R Us. I'd seen some grumblings on Twitter that things were starting to drop. And there's an announcement, I think, on my Instagram feed or something. It was like, like go to Walmart.com for, Insta- or for Infinity War figures and i was like who the hell like i did just blows my mind how instagram and all that reads your what you're typing into oh, your they're phone. Creeping. Uh, creepy so yeah. it's like it was just it was sponsorship this is definitely for me so my daughter and i got into the car my wife was out we went just on a bit of a hunt together we get in there and kind of run around and oh big huge thing with everything stuff there's two or three boxes or waves of the uh not waves of the first wave two or three case packs of the infinity war stuff so i saw everything there nice. and i just grabbed the cap and the proxima midnight for now i'm i really want the thanos build the figure but as we said when we discussed this a couple weeks ago with the actual wave itself it's three figures uh from infinity war four actually three are only part of the build a figure and then three comics so there's like songbird king cobra and someone else that I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to pay 30 bucks a piece to get an arm, a leg, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of frustrating because even the Iron Man from Infinity War doesn't come with a Build-A-Figure yeah. piece. What? Yeah. yeah. So That's you have to pay 30 bucks for the figure. And, you know, Iron Man's a big seller. It's double-packed in, in the, the first wave. So they're going to linger on the shelves, but there's not even that incentive to buy it. Like, I'm going to get it, but I would have bought it there yeah. Yeah. if it had a Build-A-Figure piece in it. So it's super frustrating to see them doing stuff like this. And I just still don't get why Hasbro is doing these ways where it's split comic and movie. It's not like, and I've said this numerous times, it's not like they have this whole warehouse full of King Cobras that they need to pawn off. (laughs) Like they've actively made that figure. And so if they think it's going to sell, then why not just put it in a comic book wave and do big MCU waves? Like, to me, that's got to be their biggest seller. Like, when we look back at Civil War, they did a wave. It was the same thing. It was, like, Cap, Iron Man, and someone else. And then three comic book figures. And then eventually, they re-released that same wave with the Scarlet Witch, the Bucky, and the Falcon Walmart exclusives with the Build-A-Figure pieces in. So I ended up, because I wanted the Build-A-Figure Ant-Man from that wave. So I ended up with three figures that I didn't want, but I wanted the Build-A-Figure. So... I did that, and then later on, they re-release all these figures. So I'm hoping they do a similar thing with the second wave, because again, it's a comic book movie split for, I think it's the the Build-A-Figure is a Black Dwarf. So he's one of Thanos' children, the really big dude. Right, okay. So it's going to be tough, because they're big MCU Build-A-Figures, but I'm going to have to go on to eBay or something like that. And buy the pieces separately, hopefully at somewhat of a discount. Because I just can't justify $90 for the three pieces of Thanos. No. I really want the Thanos, but it's so hard to justify that. So it's a bit frustrating on that end, but I'm happy to see the Infinity War stuff hitting shelves. Because we also got, or also saw, the Scarlet Witch Envision 2-pack. Right. Toys R Us exclusive. It was for $59.99 Canadian, which isn't too bad. I'm waiting for that to drop down to about $39 or so. Yeah. I think that's a bit more appropriate yeah. price for, yeah. for two figures. And then the big gauntlet. 
The, that is uh, huge. Yeah, I can't Infinity miss, Gauntlet yeah, itself. The, big the legends. Yeah, it's legends, right? legends. Yeah. yeah, the same way we're getting the Black Panther mask. We got the Iron the Man shield, mask. The big shield. Thor hammer. Yeah, the Thor yeah. hammer. So that's something I also want to get. But I think it was priced at 159 or 129 This is a uh, bit bit steep right now. Yeah. I think that will go down. That's a bit out of the price range of a lot of collectors, I think, that are doing that. If, if you want something that's super highly detailed, you go to like a prop replica or something like that yeah. and pay the even bigger money. But for this, I think it's the moving one too. You slip Does it actually on. move? Yeah, and the fingers move. You oh. can give people a finger with the gong. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in the market for those Build-A-Figure pieces, I've seen them at the Calgary Comic and Entertainment yeah. Expo before. So... Make sure you check around that. Um, well, I'm sure we'll be posting videos from there. But uh, yeah, because I saw the Onslaught. They had the Build-A-Figure of Onslaught. But they only had like a couple of them. And I was like, shit, I really want that. I haven't picked it up yet, but that's what I'm going to be on the lookout this year. Yeah, I, I've seen it. I think it was, I don't know if it was Brian's Toys or where it was. I've seen it. Dorkside Toys. They do sell the full Build-A-Figure, but it's usually oh. about 70 bucks or so. Oh, so you're saving a little bit. So you're least, saving but... a little, yeah. And yeah. you don't, but then you don't get the other two figures or the other three figures. Yeah, I'd still have to buy the Iron Spider right. and and the the Iron Man. So yeah. you're saving 20, 30 bucks on the Build-A-Figure, not buying. And then I don't have like this whole backlog of figures that I'm never going to display thing. or anything, right? Yeah. So it feels like less of a waste to me that I have, like I have a whole bin here of figures that, you know, I've pulled out all the ones, the comp ones, comic book ones I like, but I, I just have a whole stack like uh, Red Guardian and yeah. all these like random like, uh, what was it? There's not Iceman, but there's like, I can't remember. I've seen some of them. There's like that one fire guy too. Yeah, that came with I can't that remember what, what there's, they were. But... There's some throwaways, but it seems like what they're doing too, especially you mentioned uh, Cobra. Yeah. Something Cobra, like his body mold is the exact same pretty much as Green Goblin. So I feel like they just basically are just reusing some of the parts that they can't really get rid of. And they're like, well, we'll just repackage it again. Yeah. Because they did the same. Oh, uh, maybe what that's I mean? what it is. Because I feel like there's another character that just came out. Um, he's has Blade's same armor chest piece. I called it out on Twitter. It's the exact same <laughs> chest piece. But he's going to be part of a Build-A-Figure wave. So it's just like they're just reusing these bits. Same with... um. Uh, Black Widow, her new face is exactly the same, all new, all different Mary Jane face, you know, the exact same. That's definitely what it is, because I'm going yeah. on here about we don't need these figures, but all they've done is made new heads. Exactly. And yeah. popped on body molds they already yep. have. So it's a cheap way it to is. get other figures out to a general population with just doing a head sculpt exactly. or head mold. Right. Yeah. Oh, so they so make it a whole new ish. buck, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they're cheap Bummer. enough. So Big they time. can make a figure instead of doing a whole new buck. They've made a figure for like four bucks instead of 20. Exactly. Right? So yeah. they're making a huge profit off of selling these King Cobras and Songbirds yeah. and all that. Green Goblin legs. Well, there you go. Is it there a it is. Green Goblin from Amazing Spider-Man 2? <laughs> no, thank goodness. No, that's <laughs> Do you have that figure? Oh, no way. They I'm going to get you the hot toys of that. It's hot trash. <laughs> and the only comic books here that I will call it is Darth Vader number 12. It's it's great. There, There's a small piece in there that we talked about before the podcast that, that we have a little bit of a gripe yeah. with, but it's a really good book. It fits into this arc just perfectly. Yes. And the other one I want to, want to shout out here is infinity countdown prime. Now this was from, I think two weeks ago when I was away and it's kind of paralleling with infinity war. So it's all about infinity stones. But the cool thing about it, it's, it's a great story. Actually, the, the build into it, this is just a setup introduces or reintroduces some cool characters from previous iterations of Marvel comics that we haven't seen for quite some time. But in the back, there's about an eight page, almost reference guide to the infinity stones, which walks you through their, their presence in the MCU 616 Marvel comic, not the MCU, the 616 universe in the comics. And it walks you through where they've been. 
So it goes all the way back to Warlock and Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Watch stuff with, with Warlock again into the Illuminati, into every So it go, walks you right through the history of the Infinity Stones in about eight pages. Is that, does the hood make an appearance in there? I think the, the hood, hood does. Yeah, yeah. okay, because he got his hands on that for yeah, a minute. Yeah, it cool. does in that Kang story and all that nice. from recent, right? Yeah, so yeah. it goes through everything here and then it sets the stage for this new event that's coming out. So they're really going back and revisiting a lot of the elements that I really love about kind of the late 2000s or like 2000 the noughties or whatever you want to call them <laughs> uh, with characters like warlock and the guardians thanos it brings back super scroll which nice. is pretty cool so there's a lot of really great characters in there that i'm super excited to read about and we got you know wolverines back and everything so it's a great book i think you could probably based off of the back and that you could probably jump into this if you have some familiarity with previous iterations of adam warlock and all that and not have to worry too much about getting into the books that precede this and just kind of run along with this event. I'm going to say that now. That's just a, maybe just a slight word of caution that you may be a bit confused. But I think for the Infinity Stones, it's it's a great book to get into because they I think they've even changed all the colors to match the MCU colors. No way. Because there's a line in it that the colors have changed and we don't know why. <laughs> but I think it's probably just so that everyone understands, you know, Blue is the space stone, right. which is in the comic books and in the MCU. So well, it makes sense because in case of the movie audience decides to pick up a comic, that's exactly yeah. where they're going right. with this. Right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I wonder why they changed it in the first place, though. Like, why they differentiate it from comics? I don't know. Part of me likes to think that they came up with some of these ideas and were like, "Oh, we're just gonna mold this." They had some some thread. Right. But then they've kind of molded things into infinite. Like, I don't know if the ether. Well, I guess maybe it was because at the end of. Thor the Dark World, they do get into that. But I don't know if like the Scepter and the Tesseract were supposed to be Infinity Stones at yes. the beginning. Right. And they've just kind of evolved and they're like, oh, right. this, this kind of works. So yeah. we yeah. do this. Because like the Scepter was blue too, right? Yeah. It wasn't the Mind Stone that it is now. So it things have changed a little. Yeah. But I think it's because they've evolved the story and kind of taken advantage of other MacGuffins that they were using and said, oh, if you break this apart, it's the Space Stones inside of it. And it all makes sense. So... <laughs> Because the Tesseract's a different thing in the comic books, right? It's yeah. not it's not actually yeah. an Infinity Stone. Stone. Yeah. So. Or a gem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to jump into a listener question. Our dude, Grabs Granite, is back at it again. His subject here that he wants to talk to us this week about is reoccurring greatness. So he says, hello, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. We all have that movie, show, book, or song, you know, the one we can play on repeat. The one that never seems to get old. For me, it has to be the Thrawn trilogy. I can't agree with you more here. I can't recall when I first read it, but I do know that it brought Star Wars to life for me. It captured my imagination like nothing before or since in many respects. And I still read the trilogy once a year despite not it not being canon anymore. My question for you is, what comic storylines, movies, or books do this for you? For comics, what story arcs have you read multiple times and each time it rekindles that flame of fanhood. I'd also like to send a huge thanks for the three of you for an invitation to keep the questions coming. They most certainly will be. The Nerd Room Squatter grabs. Yeah, we're going to have to charge this guy rent. (laughs) (laughs) Squatting. (laughs) At our invitation. So first of all, grabs, thank you very much for continuing to bring these questions. This is probably becoming quickly my favorite part of discussing (laughs) because it brings a whole new element to the table, right? And it's another fantastic question. I'm going to throw this one to you to start here all right well i'll start with movies because that's kind of my jam lately yeah the one (laughs) the one movie that i've seen more than any other movie uh is man of steel 
Yeah. I put that on whenever, just, you know, put it on, just something to do. I've probably seen that movie over 10 times um, in the last, like, couple of years. I just love that movie. Everything about it, General Zod, Superman, just there's so much good in that movie. I love it. And uh, so that would probably be the movie. And the comic book for me would be Justice League War. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. The uh, introduction of the Justice League from the New 52, issues one to six. Uh, if you want to know more about the justice league just pick that up every issue has like a center on a different character so you get like a chance to really learn about aquaman wonder woman superman flash batman green lantern cyborg it's it's amazing uh check that out and that's the one i read that yearly as well so that's it for me what a song if i had to pick a song quickly uh, anything by meatloaf or bruce springsteen just love those so two old. <laughs> but not <laughs> i'm 20 years old <laughs> like you're the youngest one on this table <laughs> i will uh, troy give us a, a movie a comic and a song the song hmm. it's been a while with songs but um you know start with movies man it's a toss-up it's always going to be episodes episode three revenge of the sith that yeah. was my movie 2005 i saw this and um I was just blown away. And even to this day, I know people have their gripes with the prequels, but I'll always go back to this movie. I went back to it when I was uh, disappointed with The Last Jedi. I went right back to this movie. <laughs> and I popped it in. People were like, what? Really? You did that? Yeah, I did it. Because I love that movie. <laughs> and um, it got me back into my Star Wars mode. And um, I love this film. I'll always go back to it. And as of late, it's been Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, I love this film. Me and my daughter watch this film like all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie already since I've owned it on the still book. Thanks to uh, Sanjay over here. Mr. Uh... Got your back? <laughs> Mr. Movie Rentals. Mr. Movie Rentals. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen Dunkirk yet? No, it's still buried under. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll get there, though. Oscar winner. <laughs> Late fees. <That's> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and for comic books, I'll always go back to uh, JMS's run on Amazing Spider-Man. Back in Black, this takes place right after the heels of Civil War, after um, Spider-Man's gone through some stuff and revealed to the world that he is Peter Parker, and he's now on the run, and he's back in the black suit, which is awesome because everybody has their idea of Spider-Man. Everybody knows he has great power, great responsibility. He's always the good guy by the books. But in this run, he's doing things his way and the bad way. He's willing to kill. He doesn't, but he's he's going to go that route. He takes on Kingpin in a prison cell. And that panel art there is just unreal what they do in that book. So I'll go back to that comic book once a year easily. I think it's maybe six issues, five issues. And my wife or girlfriend at the time got me this book. This is one of my first like books I got like uh, bored and bagged. And I was just like fascinated with the way these things look, how clean they can look. So um, I always go back to black and back and black. And for music, I don't know if I have a song, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm an Usher dude. I always, yeah. I always like Usher. Yeah. From, Let it uh, burn. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my song, <laughs> but I mean, it's cool. <laughs> I like OMG and yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it takes me a while to think of some music because everybody has so many songs. Going yeah. Their yeah. Heads, right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And for the comics, it's Spider-Man Back in Black for sure. Nice. I, I like in uh, Revenge of the Sith when I, uh, Ben Kenobi, I forget. What's the actor's name? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yes. From Moulin Rouge. Uh, that's where I know him from. When he goes like, you were the chosen one. Yeah. That's such a great line. Yeah. You're the chosen one, Anakin. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, great. That's my favorite part of the movie. I love it. You're that. supposed to destroy the Sith and not join them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. You was great. It's going to be in the new Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. The trailer just debuted. And hopefully he gets his own movie soon. Obi Wan yes. Kenobi. Bring him back. Come on. Bring him yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So for me on this end, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think. I was read this the other day and I'm thinking to myself, 
one of the movies I always go back to is Back to the Future. Mm. I go back to these once or twice a year. Usually if my dad's kicking around, if he comes visits or I go there, we'll pop them out and just, just watch them. You know, we don't really have to say anything. And every every so often, too, we'll go back and forth with just Back to the Future trivia over text. Nice. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I connect with my, my father with. And, you know, realistically, he, he's the one that kind of brought me into this world. He's not He's not a nerd by any sense of the word. But he's the one that ushered me into a lot of things like Back to the Future. He took me to see Jurassic Park, Planet of the Apes. He introduced me nice. to. So I have a huge connection, particularly to Back to the Future. That's kind of like our movie. So I always go back to that. And then, of course, Star Wars. And more recently, like Empire was always a movie I would go back to two, three times a year. More so, it's been Force Awakens and Rogue One for me. Oh, nice. as of late. Like, so good. If I'm like, kind of puttering around in the nerd room here or doing something in the basement, I always have to have something play in the background. And as of the last, I'd say, year, it's been Rogue One, Force Awakens, and Civil War. Oh, yeah. That go on to my, that are on my laptop, preloaded. I just push play. I don't have to list, I don't even have to turn and watch them. I know exactly <laughs> what's happening. So it, it's probably those those movies right now. And as far as comic books, you know, I, I go back to Civil War a lot. I really like that one. I really like Secret Invasion as well. Nice. Yeah, you like Secret Vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. storyline. That's why I'm really pulling for it for like a phase four or some continuum beyond yeah. the MCU. And, you know, it's even comic books. Of, I probably read the Darth Vader books three, four times and more like <laughs> issue 12. So it's, it's that good. Like, yeah. nice. like they are awesome. And as far as music goes, you know, I'm a, I don't listen to a ton of music anymore. To be honest with you, I listen to the radio once in a while, but it's mostly podcasts and that. Yeah. So it's all Commonwealth podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I had to say music. Like if I'm going to turn something on, it's either something Coldplay or the Force Awakens and Last Jedi Ooh, style, nice. soundtracks. Yeah. They're the ones like I have two CDs in my car. Like I only own two CDs that I functionally use. And one is the Force Awakens score and one is the last jet oh that that's that nice. ray theme right oh the minute I they hit you with that, that theme love that it's incredible and that's one of my favorite parts in the force awakens which is sliding down that yes. dune i'm just blown away that ah all that right there is just glorious ray, man. yeah ray 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 <laughs> yeah that's ray, it. ray 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 bumpa so yeah there's a there's a ton of stuff and you know what grabs like thrawn as well i'd have to say i probably that's probably the book i've read the most in the Star Wars universe, at least, and maybe even in general. <laughs> that Thrawn Ooh, trilogy. Yeah. Also, Hindsight. Go check that out by yeah. Mark and our boys over at uh, TSW. Yeah, because you and Grabs both love the Thrawn, Timothy Zahn original. Yes. Like the, the, the Legends. Yeah. And you also like the current one. Yeah, I, I yeah. quite like Thrawn. Like, I yeah. like his iterations. Some people have some issues with him because he's a little different from what he was in Legends. Oh, okay. But I like what they've done with him. And, you know, we, we just got the season finale our, of our, our conclusion for now yeah so we won't get to spoil anything yeah. and we're going to talk about this actually troy and i we're going to throw something out next tuesday because it hasn't aired here in canada and we don't want to spoil it for anyone and we technically haven't seen it yet yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredible by yeah. the way it's, it's a very fitting ending for Dave Filoni and the crew, but that is a tangent. That is something we will get to a little later on this weekend. We'll record something, toss something out next Tuesday after it finally airs here in Canada. Because there's a lot to talk about. You know, we we haven't quite caught up on everything, so there's some big plot elements that we have to discuss, particularly when it comes to some farewells and all this. So we will get into all of it, but we're going to remain spoiler-free for now and definitely, definitely have a more focused episode on that coming out next Tuesday. So for watch sure. it for that. And I'll throw in quickly for a book, because I forgot to mention for a novel, I'm always going to throw in Paulus Kemp's Lords of the Sith. Oh. Love that book. If you, if you want to change from um, 
the Thrawn series, you gotta gotta read this book. It takes place about four or five years yeah. after Episode Three, and this is even still right now. I think this is the best Vader we get. It's yeah. it's it's an incredible book. Yeah, yeah. Right. Lost Stars too. Love that book. I've read that well, th- th- three times. It's it's <laughs> tough. Those are like my top three. It's like Lost Stars, Lords of the Sith, and uh, Claudia Gray's Bloodlines. Oh, that's love a good one that. Too. Claudia love Gray's. She's she is. She needs to write a movie. She's a genius. Absolute <laughs> genius. Love her. Oh. Anyway, isn't Fifty Shades of Grey based on her life story? No, no, no. Claudia Gray is—you do not touch <laughs> taint <laughs> the name of Claudia yeah. Gray. Yeah, it's like, it's like Dave Filoni, and then you have Claudia Gray. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, they're incredible. Yeah. Well, I can expect the hate mail to come in now. <laughs> Again, fire it his way at Sanjabi on Twitter. <laughs> she looks a couple of my twitters, man. So don't do this. Don't don't wreck this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, just edit that part out, right? <laughs> All right, Grabs, that was another fantastic question. Reminiscing about things that now I have to go, oh, man, I could spend the whole rest of the night going through Civil War, maybe watch Back to the Future this weekend. <laughs> really looking forward to it. But thanks again. Looking forward to what you have on tap for us next. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, keep the questions coming. Keep them coming on Twitter as well. I appreciate uh, the questions on my YouTube as well. So Grabs Granite, number one fan. Yeah, he, he's he's there. He's our dude. He's our dude. That's our dude. Yeah, we gotta yeah. take care of him. Thanks. You know? Always, always appreciate your uh, your questions, man. Yeah, yeah. let me know. Uh, you know, shoot me your address, and I'll send you a prize. Yeah, he's committed to it. So, yeah, I said it on air. So I'll give you a prize. I know what it is, but I'll send it to you. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you still gonna send that tweet? Are we still gonna send that five hundred likes and, and retweet tweet? So we'll do that. We'll yeah, do man, that. it takes oh, me a while to grow that stash, you know, yeah. so I, I need to know this thing in advance. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could just like pencil it on, you yeah. know, <laughs> just, yeah. or your wife's like eyeliner or something and then you got it. Yeah, it looked fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't know, I'm going to transition into that into Black Panther some. I don't know. Here we go. Box office update for Black Panther. This has become a reoccurring segment here because how incredible this movie is doing at the box office. Now, I've only seen it once, so I'm not contributing in a big way. But somebody is. Because in its third weekend, it remains number one at the box office and it pulls in $66 million. That's insane. In its third weekend, that is more more than The Incredible Hulk and its opening weekend did. Whole opening weekend, first weekend, Captain America, Ant-Man, and Thor. It tops all of those in its third weekend of release. Wow. And this now has over $500 million domestically. So as this recording is $501 million, which is the third fastest film in history to do that. It's only behind The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. It just missed The Last Jedi by one day. Wow. So it took 17 days to hit over $500 million domestically. And it's opening in China this weekend. Has, oh, that's <laughs> incredible. So Wrinkle in Time, that comes out this week, right? I believe so. Okay. It's going to get crushed. It's going to... That is in my... I have that. I don't know. I, I think don't know. Wrinkle in Time it's will be number one. Sh- it's got shaky reviews. Really? Oh, it's it's, it's bit- beginning to push, though. The Oscars yeah. gave it a little bit of a push, but the Oscars also gave Black Panther... Like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Wrinkle in Time will probably open to over 100 mil. I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be... Because to me, there always seems to be this film that you look at, you're like, yeah, it's Disney. It's a remake of a beloved book. It's got all these great actresses and actors in it, mm-hmm. and it just bombs. Yeah, it, this to me has a bit of a stench of BFG. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, that's that's true. great story. Yeah, CGI, and it just tanks. Uh, the thing is, though, the power I think is Oprah too. You yeah, Oprah yeah. behind this, and it's I, I've been hearing I've been hearing kind of what you've been hearing as well, but I do hear it's a big you know bring your daughter, bring your kids out uh, okay. to this film, and I think uh, you know that that kid audience might stack those numbers up a bit. Yeah. To, to me, part of it looks 
it's hard because visually it's supposed to be look good. Right. But even the commercials, it looks still too much like it's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, I don't know if it's the vibrance of the colors or what it is. It stands out to me in a way that it probably shouldn't. Yeah. They say, I know it's a fantasy and we all read this in English class in like grade 11 or whatever it is. Yeah. Grade 10. <laughs> Cole's notes was key on that one. I can't tell you that much. Everyone's just going to watch the movie nowadays. I don't know. Like, like Black Panther is like, it's going to be chewing into like, it's the same studio, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't see this slowing down too, too much. We may end up with a $40 million weekend type thing. Oh, geez. That's terrible. Crazy. But it, it's nuts. Yeah. Like in this thing. So if you, Take those those same seventeen days as of this recording. Age of Ultron had three hundred seventy two million dollars, wow. and the last Jedi had five hundred seventeen. So last Jedi had a, like last week when we talked, Black Panther was doing better in those ten days, and now a week later, the last Jedi is doing slightly better. So it's it's performing like a sequel Star Wars film, yeah. which is insane, <laughs> absolutely insane. Yeah, speaking of insane, um, I read this article that Avengers: Infinity War opening weekend projected right now two months out 215 million yeah so only 15 million more than black actually 13 million more than black yeah, panther the, i think the range 215 235 is what yeah, yeah and the legs on this they're saying will be a little bit less than black panther and they're projecting it to finish at about 535 so unless no one goes to see black panther for the next little bit they're projecting infinity war to make less than black panther yeah it's, it's weird though because if you think about i think black panther was projected way less than what oh. it actually ended up making right? yeah so. like it was it was like 60 million dollars less than its opening weekend yeah yeah which is a good opening weekend they're oh yeah like yeah. if black panther made 60 million we'd probably be like yeah like that's kind of what we it's all decent, expected yeah, yeah. <laughs> for solo but yeah it's i don't know man this this film is doing special things it's 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 got a chance you know we're at 500 million dollars three weeks in avengers that's that's the last mcu film it has to overtake at 623 million dollars Ooh, it's gonna be close 100 million dollars so it, it's gonna be tight it needs a little run here but it's we're gonna run into wrinkle of time and then mm-hmm. we're start to get closer and closer to avengers infinity war now which has shifted its release date that's so we're right. getting it a week early. There's a really great exchange on Twitter, actually, between Robert Downey Jr. and the Marvel Studios Twitter account, where he kind of says, can I see it early? And they say, yes. And he says, can I bring some friends? And they're like, yeah, sure, bring Bozeman and Evans and all that. And he's like, how about the whole planet? So now we all get to see Avengers Infinity War on April 27th, 26th for that Thursday opening. That's right. So you you had something to say, but... You, uh, you, yeah, you, I you... feel like this should exonerate me from the bet. No. Because let me... Okay, the whole, like, let's, intention... Let's refresh, let's refresh the yeah, bet for, for those... The whole, for those who are joining us that are new, the whole intention of the bet was that Infinity War and Solo would not be released so close together. So I said they would move Solo... You know, Wrong makes film. sense. Wrong film, right mens rea. I think I'm using that term right. Like, that's the right idea. I feel that's close enough. No. We, we need to have, like, a discussion it of It wasn't, I'm going to dress as, like, the Hulkbuster. If, <laughs> you know, if Infinity War doesn't move. I'm shocked that they moved it. I understand why. Yeah. But... They, they've looked at Black Panther and said, oh, look what a film with running room can do. Yeah. yeah. Don't let these people forget about this guy. Yeah. Get this movie out earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now the Deadpool shifted up. They, like, they want to have three weeks on their own. Yeah. And Deadpool moved in that May 18th ahead of Solo to get itself out of the way of Solo. Mm-hmm. And now Infinity Wars moved back to give itself that breathing room again, which I think is it's, it's right. It gives it 
breathing room from Solo gives a breathing room from Deadpool as well. Just gotta hurry up on that uh, that costume. I'm Get making, the I'm yeah, making it at this. home. Get the stitching. Well, I feel like we need to throw this question out on Twitter. If you know, if the Commonwealth decide, we're gonna, we're gonna stop promising tw- <laughs> tweets and not tweeting them. <laughs> Anyways, continue. It's the Donald Trump method: yeah. promise and don't deliver. Yeah. Um, if you know, if the Commonwealth decide, you know, to do it, then you know, I'll make my, uh, I'll make my uh, Chewbacca costume. I, I can tell you with 100 percent certainty, <laughs> no one is going to say, Sanjay, you're right. Please don't dress up like Chewbacca on opening night for. Well, well, what if I bribe him? <laughs> I don't know what you can bribe him with. <laughs> it, costs, yeah. it, costs a few, it costs a few bucks to send things over to the UK, even down into Montreal and that. To the I know, guys. I know. I got to think of a way to cheaply send stuff. <laughs> Drug dealers do it all the time. I guess. <laughs> yes. But as far as this table is voting... I say you still dress up because Boo. you said solo had to move. But the, but the other the other the context of the discussion also was they're not going to put those two films that close together. But also there's no way they're going to. And this is where I was standing, and I think you kind of agreed with me, <laughs> that. There's no way they're going to have time to release solo on May 25th because they just finished filming it like two months ago. Yeah. Didn't you say they're going to move it to December though? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you said I, it's going to move to December. I don't know if I said that. We have, we have hours and hours of recording that we can go through. <laughs> All right. You should go through. If you want to prove this, you need to go find it because I'm not going back. I don't even remember what before. episode that was. This is a while back. But, yeah. You know, I, I, may have, I may have written it down. All I right. Well, just know like if you guys agree to me doing the Chewbacca costume, it's just going to get worse and worse. Like... It's just going to be like a printed paper of my face, of Chewbacca's face. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to do a gray costume. I know you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just go in without a shirt on and walk on stilts. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And some of the other big news coming out of Infinity War, there was this poster release. Now, I'm fairly certain that it's not fan-made and it's actually from Marvel Studios. Troy questioned that and then got me thinking, (laughs) did I do enough research into this to make sure it was not fan-made? But anyways, we're going to run with it a little bit. Now, it's a poster that has each of the individual gems on it. Space, soul, power, time, reality, and mind. And within the gems themselves, it has a reflection of a character that's associated with that stone. The space Captain America that goes back to the first Avenger. Power related directly to Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Time, Doctor Strange. Reality goes to Thor from Thor The Dark World. And the Mind Stone, which is currently for now, in the mind or in the forehead of Vision. But the last stone that we have not seen, the Soul Stone, we talked a bit about last week from Brad's question about, is it supposed to be or was it supposed to be in Wakanda? We had mm-hmm. theorized before we're going to see it in Ragnarok in Heimdall, some some fashion there that Thanos was going to have to punch through Heimdall to get the Soul Stone out. You know, he's someone that had spoken in the past about seeing the souls or watching the souls of billions of people. Kind of made sense. But... On this individual poster in the Soul Stone reflection is Iron Man, which is interesting. At first, when I saw it, I said, ah, he's just the most famous character that doesn't have a stone associated. Maybe he he gets it somehow and he's kind of the keeper of it. Mm-hmm. But then I started looking a bit deeper into things and, and kind of questioned about, you know, is Tony Stark the Soul Stone? Like, is is he a physical manifestation of it? If you look at the Thanos theory, the Tesseract, the spelling of Thanos, right? The Tesseract, we're missing the H. Mm-hmm. There's the Aether, the Necklace, the Orb, and the Scepter, Loki Scepter. So that H, we speculate, is it Heimdall? Is it the heart of Wakanda, the heart-shaped herb? Or is it actually just heart? You look at Robert Downey Jr., he's the heart and soul 
of the MCU. He's there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You look at some lines here from the films. Howard Stark says this in, I think, Iron Man 2. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you. So you take that in kind of the most generic terms. It's he made, he physically made him <laughs> by deceiving, <laughs> right? And Well, how did that happen? We're not going to get into that. Sanjay, I'll, I'll show you some books. Okay. Some Maybe the internet's also good for that. <laughs> Just type in <laughs> to your browser. You got the bots. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> See what says about that. <laughs> so, and then, then it also got me thinking a little bit here. You look into Avengers number one. Remember when Loki touches the scepter to his chest, to the arc reactor, and nothing happens? That's right. There's really no explanation for that. Why doesn't that affect him? Why can't he use the stone on Tony Stark? Now, I always kind of just assumed because he touched the arc reactor. Yeah. But why didn't Loki just go to the side? You know what I mean? Like, is, is there something there that because he has a soul stone or something that he can't be affected by it? And then if you look into the comic books, if you go to the Ultimate Comics, the Ultimates, there is a run there where Tony Stark has a brain tumor that turns out to be an Infinity Stone. And it takes on a physical manifestation of Anthony, he calls it. So he actually can talk to it and communicate. And it's they eventually, the Reed Richards pulls it out of his head and it's an Infinity Stone. So there is precedence for Tony Stark having an Infinity Stone inside of him. And the only other thing that was that was pointed out that I that I did see is you know the scene in Infinity War when he's walk or the trailer where he's walking he takes his glasses off not when the Iron Man suits come around him but at first he takes glasses off and you see Doctor Strange, Bruce Banner and Wong behind him. Someone pointed out that they're all frozen and he's walking, so he seems to be there's mm-hmm. something going on where time has stopped and mm-hmm. he's able to again move through the power of an Infinity Stone. So given all of that. Do you think it's crazy that either Tony Stark or the arc reactor, maybe in the element that he created or something like that, do you think the Soul Stone itself is closely associated with Tony Stark? Or is it he has somehow come across it and he is the protector of it and that's all this poster is implying? Uh, Yeah, no, I believe it. Uh, That makes sense. You laid out a pretty good argument for me, so I'm going to take it at face value. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'm digging it. Is it too much for... For Tony Stark to be the Soul Stone, it makes sense because, like, if he has an Infinity Stone, then he can go toe to toe with Thanos, right? Right now, he's just like a man in a tin suit, so <laughs> iron suit. <laughs> yeah, see, um, I like it if he comes across the Soul Stone of some sort. Yeah. But if he actually has a Soul Stone in him, then I'm gonna be like scratch my head because I I feel like Iron Man and like Batman, pretty much any superhero, I like them to be the hero they are because of their origin story that we've been presented. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want some kind of weird retcon thing going on. Well, his thing is he's smart. He's he smart, exactly, exactly, right? And he created the suit, he created the arc reactor, right? Like, that's what I like. So if he was to have this soul stone in him the whole time, then I'd kind of be like, ah, that kind of takes away a bit from what the character really is all about. But if he comes across the soul stone of some sort and has been protecting it, then I'm down with that. If he found the soul stone and he's been tinkering with it, because that's what he does, and he now has to protect this thing against Thanos, then I'm, I'm on board with that. I just don't necessarily want it to be inside of them. No, I'd have to agree with you. And, you know, presenting this argument and, and looking at the comic books and all that, you see that it, it could make sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not totally on board with it always. Like, he'll have touched almost every single stone at this point, right? You know, he worked with the Mind Stone to create Ultron. Yes. Right. You know, he worked with the Space Stone, the Tesseract, right? And it just seems like it's 
folding in on itself too much. Convenient, right? Yeah. So I like it. Either it's bestowed upon him or he finds it or at some point in the film, he's projected some... Like, I don't really know where you go with it, but I do like the idea that he's more of a guardian of it. If you take the Illuminati from the most recent iteration of of that group, how their protectors of each individual had a, a stone that they were the protectors of and they went and hid it wherever. I don't know. It, it makes Earth also a, a convenient crossroads for everything, <laughs> yeah. right? Like the time stone is there. The reality stone was there. The mind stone is there. The space stone was there. The soul stone potentially is there, whether it's here or there. So the only stone that wasn't on earth was the power stone right like i guess the reality stone kind of wasn't but it was hidden close to it anyways but it seems that if the earth's going to be this nexus fine like this crossroads of the universe in the mcu and it very well could be but i think the soul stone being actually tony stark they have to really write this in properly yeah it's going to be the case and somehow retcon everything because is it the arc reactor because he pulls the arc reactor out of him Exactly. Right? At, At the end, end of three. Iron Man 3. Yeah. He, but he gets it back in Infinity War. Yeah. We, we can see it. So I don't know. Like, does he find it, shove it in thing, and then shove the arc? Right? I don't <laughs> So there, there's a lot of explaining to you. Again, we're in major speculation mode for a lot of this. And this is just coming from a poster. And some of it just might be, who's our next biggest seller that we don't have doing anything on this poster? Oh, Iron Man. Boom. Yeah. Soulstone. That's why I feel like they kind of missed the mark with um the Mandarin. Like you could have totally wrapped up that kind of story with the Mandarin. Like the the, the rings could have yeah. all been a manifest off of the Soulstone. Yeah. Or the one main ring. Exactly. That was right? the Soulstone. And then boom, like we would have had all the ground covered, right? So that's awesome. They missed yeah. the mark off that. Yeah. Maybe that, uh, the yeah. actor <laughs> will have it. That's why he's such a good actor because he's got that Soulstone with him. Trevor. <laughs> yeah, Trevor. That's what it is in that toy, right? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the significance of Trevor is it all ties he is, he is the Soulstone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was interesting. Anyway, yeah. Again, we're coming off a poster here, so we'll see. I, I like to me, my favorite is either Heimdall or something in Wakanda. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Heimdall makes the most sense. It does. Yeah, and like there's a there's a panel in one of the stories where Drax actually punches right through Thanos and grabs his heart, and I am envisioning where Thanos walks up to Heimdall from Ragnarok and just sticks his hand right in him and Whoa. yanks at the Soul Stone, like. Like, how is that for, you know, unfortunately, we, we don't get Heimdall anymore, but yeah. like just to show what Thanos is capable so of, that he reaches yeah. into a human or into a Asgardian yeah. and yanks at a stone. And that's why we haven't got it. And, and then it lines up with everything. Yes. It just makes sense. And we don't we don't need to have this whole big thing about the Soul Stone actually being Tony Stark. It can just be something as simple as, as a device to show how powerful and relentless Thanos is. Exactly. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. It, it, it's, oh man, this movie is, is getting ever so close and it's going to be even closer because it's the 27th now. So I'm super excited about that. But Disney didn't really stop there when they're releasing all this promo stuff for Infinity War. We're getting the figures and all that. They also announced six new release dates for Marvel for MCU films. All right. So we've got now, they've moved something from, or to July 31st, 2020 from August 7th, 2020. And then they landed with six other release dates. So we're now getting something on May 7th, 2021, July 30th, 2021. November 5th, 2021. They seem to like May, July, and November. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, we're getting February 18th, 2022, May 6th, 2022, and July 29th, 2022. Well, so there's a lot of films there. And we know already coming in on May, first week of May, May 3rd, 2019, is Avengers 4. We have Spider-Man Homecoming, which is confirmed for the 5th of July, 2019. And then we've got the rest of these films coming out in May, July, and subsequent months in 2020 to 2021, 2022. So 
let's let's rattle some of these off. So we've got you know Doc Strange two, Black Panther two for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably an Ant Man and the Wasp three or something. Oh yeah, yeah finish the trilogy. Yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy volume three in there as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe a Thor four. What else yeah. do you think? That's well, five. I think Holland slipped, didn't he? Tom Holland said there's a Homecoming three. Yeah, there'll be a three definitely. Yeah, okay. Homecoming yeah. three. So that's six films there, and we've got. I think given, given the release dates in the in 2020 that we haven't really filled out so there's still quite a few there there's a may july and november there as well i think uh black widow for sure there's yeah we've so? heard rumblings widow. of that yeah. okay and yeah. uh probably like an a force like some kind of like all female led kind of uh, avengers kind of thing because oh. they, was it tessa thompson you know confronted yeah. Feige about that whole thing i think they're really going to green light a film uh they have the cast to do it with especially once you get captain marvel yeah in yeah. the mix so I, i'm pretty sure i'll put my money on an a force or something around that degree and a um black widow yeah for sure so there, there's there'd be a new solo franchise in black widow do you think mm-hmm. there's any other solo franchises that could be kicking around that haven't like come out yet that haven't launched like you were not probably gonna get a hulk anytime soon or anything like right. that no. i'm trying to think about the characters that haven't been introduced that are still in the comic you books like looking X-Men? at all the toys around here right now well there's also yeah you're looking X-Men, yeah fantastic four yeah, Fantastic Four X Men. So their potential for maybe like a twenty twenty two type release date. Yeah, you're also looking later. at a new Avengers probably film as well. For sure, yeah. Yeah, like in, in the new, not as in an, like, like new Avengers. Like Avengers Five. You yeah, think we could yeah. get a new Cap though? I don't whether know. Whether Sam Wilson that, or Bucky. That, that oh. again feels like a a movie where you need two characters. Whether it's Sam Wilson and Bucky, that would be really cool. Right. Like a team-up movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could have... Not that those characters couldn't carry a movie, but I'm wondering if they can carry the Cat Mantle as a s- s- solo film. See, that's the, the biggest thing because for me, it's like on paper, like in the MCU world, it would make sense if it went to Sam because he's more clean-cut. He has that, yeah. the better resume. Yeah. Whereas opposed to if you went to Winter Soldier, in my opinion, he's the cooler Cap, but he's like an assassin. Like the world yeah. knows that this guy is like a huge kind of yeah, villain. Government so it would make sense to, take to give him, him the keys to the, to the mantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? no. So it's tough right in this world that they've established yeah it's got to be an ensemble like you look at winter soldier which yeah. is winter soldier falcon cap black widow yeah so it's gonna be something like that maybe without chris evans yeah and add in that element and bring anthony mackie and the he, red skull back yes yes yeah so yeah uh, iron man new iron man 4 i don't know i don't uh, Downey really feels like he's done yeah i think like i don't know if he's done done but he, he seems to i don't think we'll see a solo Iron Man Downey film. If we do, will you dress up like Iron Man to go to it? Sure. Oh, <laughs> I, I wonder if they could bring in um, what was the character's name? Speaking of Captain America, but Patriot was it Patriot? Yeah, that the character's name is like the younger yeah Captain America when they had like the was it New Avengers? No, what was he the, just died. Avengers in the Academy or whatever. <laughs> what they called the I think, I think Hydra Cap threw him out of a plane recently. No, that was oh you no, that's a yeah yeah <laughs> Union Jack. <laughs> yes, is it like Captain Britain? No, it was Union Jack. It was like that was it was an America eccentric or centric character. Uh, we won't get into it, don't worry. <laughs> okay, thank uh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of potential there. I think you could pretty much fill this out and like you said, Sanjay, with X Men and Fantastic Four. Potentially so here's another thing that I had to bring up about these films. It kinda of ties in this nicely. When they did announce the shift in the Infinity War movie, they said, What a fantastic idea. Yeah. In all caps. And I think it was an accident, but my whole thing was like, know your audience. Yeah. Like, I think it's on You can't use purpose. the word and capitalize fantastic. But like, the Fantastic Four aren't in this film. No. No. 
but why use that word? Like I don't like. I know. It's so a, we'll talk about it. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> word, but yeah, because we do know either way the Fox verse will come back to Marvel, whether Universal buys the Fox yes. rights or not. Because either way, those rights would have to revert back to Marvel if Fox doesn't own it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they could start making claims of doing a Fantastic Four movie. Seeding the idea. Seeding the idea, exactly. Well, Fox is saying it's business as usual. They've said they're making a Silver Surfer movie now. That's right. Yeah. Because they'd have to continue doing so. Because if Universal does buy the rights, then they still kind of would have to have yeah, things in place. Yeah, they just can't stop. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll all come to a crashing halt once Disney gets a hold of it. But I, I don't know. It just seemed to just pop back in my head when we're talking about Fantastic Four here. That that really stuck out to me. Yeah. As, as a word that was specifically chosen to incite some sort of discussion. Oh, which it has. Well, 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 even going off of the Infinity stuff, like I'm sure we must get like a Nova. There must be some other cosmic movie we'll get, whether it's like the old school Guardians yeah. or the Nova. Nova is like, yeah. see, I think even go to a degree. I like. I we're always going to go back to this Mark's theory about how to bring Fantastic Four in. Love that. But right? I like the Fantastic Four being an element, either whether traveling through the multiverse or the traveling through the cosmos and not have it maybe such earth based characters like we've had in the past iterations of the films and do something different. Cause they're so associated or so much associated with the cosmic universe. If you go back to the original fantastic four runs, John, like Hickman stuff and all that, it's all very cosmic based and that's a bit more what I want. And that's something you could do a little different. Yeah. That may bring people back to the theater to give kind of <laughs> the Fantastic Four a, a bit of a bump in the right direction. So let's do something completely different. Spending more time in the negative zone or something like that. Yep. I don't know. It, they got to go that direction. But anyways, <laughs> Infinity War, April 27th. It's happening. You're still wearing that costume on May 25th. So. If, if people agree. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna have any issues. I'm gonna make up fake Twitter accounts and be like, I disagree. Sanjay yeah. should not wear that costume. Zero followers. <laughs> Munjay. <laughs> no credit. <laughs> now speaking about solo, we, we briefly touched on this last week about some revelations as far as the timeline, where it sits in the Star Wars timeline. It's something that we've been discussing for what seems like two years, ever since they announced this film, where is this exactly going to sit? How is it going to look when you put Aldrich Einreich next to Harrison Ford? Is it going to butt up right against A New Hope, similar fashion that Rogue One did? So we talked last week about Del Rey, the Del Rey timeline. So these are the biggest publisher of Star Wars novels, I think, anywhere. And they, they have this really cool interactive timeline you go through, you can click, it moves and all this. And what this did is it dropped in the solo novelization, also the book, The Last Shot. And so what some of the speculation was, oh, this movie's going to take place quite a bit before the events of A New Hope. Because if you look at where it sits relative to Thrawn and Tarkin, that puts it at 14 to 11 BBY. And Lords of the Sith happens 14 BBY. So about 14 years before the events of A New Hope. So what the, what this when I look at this you're thinking okay that puts Han Solo if you look at Wikipedia his age was about 29 or he's born 29 years before the Battle of Yavin so if you look at that that time frame that puts him 15 to 18 at some point in the film so when I'm looking at this and I threw an article about this up on StarWarsCommonwealth.com but when you look at this I think what this is saying is that the prologue to this film likely happens in this time frame somewhere between. Lords of the Sith and Thrawn, so that 14 to 11 BBY, which would make Solo about 18. And then my guess is, because this timeline doesn't really reflect this, is that the film probably then jumps forward six or so years into the future and puts it more in this like 
four to five BBY. So he's again about 24, 25. So we get like the, not the catalyst, but we get like the Rogue One sequence in a sense. Yes, exactly. The engine or so and then skips. Then it jumps because yeah. these books, you look at Thrawn even, it starts at 11 BBY and goes to 2 BBY. You look at Catalyst, again, it starts almost at the, or at the end of Revenge of the Sith and goes all the way up into Rogue One. Yeah. But that's not exactly represented on this time. This timeline seems to reflect the first kind of significant story within the book as far as timeline and then it doesn't tell you where it jumps to. So my interpretation of this is that we do get that opening, even the last shot kind of reflects this because it's three eras, three stories, and the first one happens right before Solo. So my guess is we're going to get that 18-year-old Solo, and then it probably will jump into something that's a bit more in line with Aldrich Einrich's age, that right. 24, 25-year-old Han Solo. Yeah. About five, six to four years before what we see in A New Hope. Okay. So that seems to make the most sense to yeah. me. You know, and like this may be as close as we really ever get to understanding where it sits in the timeline because unless they drop something significant in the film like his age, we're always going to be kind of speculating and guessing. Same way we kind of were for Rebels as well. Yeah. We roughly know where it is, but it's going back and not having, like you look at um, Lost Stars and they give you an exact date when Thane is born and you can track that through the timeline yeah. you get things like the you know battle of endor and hoth and all that it's in there so you can put timing on that book this i think it's purposely left a bit ambiguous yeah but overall that, that i just wanted to throw that out there because we did discuss it last week and i had a, a bit more of a think about the timeline and you guys know how important timelines are to me <laughs> <laughs> how's that x-men timeline going not great not great, not great at all <laughs> oh, it's not needed anymore <laughs> And quickly here on Star Wars as well, our dude John Williams, who unfortunately was shut out of an Oscar this past weekend, which really broke my heart, but he has said once he is done episode nine with J.J. Abrams, he is going to retire from Star Wars. So how does that make you feel, guys, that going into the future post episode nine, we may not have John Williams scoring a saga film. Now, someone else did Rogue One, someone else is doing... The, the big lifting on solo. solo i think yeah. he is writing the theme yeah for solo for han solo but outside of that someone else is scoring the whole film so the standalone films aren't particularly john williams but the saga films every single one is up to episode nine it sounds like so how does it make you guys feel that we may not have john williams say scoring episode 10 if we do in fact get that someday yeah i think it makes a lot of sense especially you know you have the original cast they're already gone now at that point yeah um, spoiler alert. And, Whoa, um, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I know he's also a big fan of uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, Ray's character, and she'll be done with the franchise, at least for the time being, until they decide to revisit that world in episode 10, 11, 12. So I think it makes sense. This guy's put in his work from day one, and uh, he's he's been great every single time. I don't think he's ever really snoozed through any movie that he's done, um, even outside of the Star Wars oh, he's universe. Awesome. He's, he's the best, best fault. He's the best. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's the best composer. Yeah. So, um, no, it makes sense. He's, he's, he's up there too, right? He needs to, you know, just lay back and then chill out and enjoy the franchise and just watch it. Especially, you know, coming off of Rebels, I'm really liking the score this season. I actually, I always liked the score. It's great. You know, so um, I'd love to see or hear that composer or the team of them come along and do the next couple of films because mm. especially the last couple episodes there of Rebels, man, music's nice. So good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, he's kind of like, as he said, he's the OG, he's the GOAT of composers. So, I mean, it's going to be big shoes to fill, whoever takes that of that mantle. I don't know whoever's ready. I know like four composers in Hollywood, and he was one of them, so. <laughs> yeah, there's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Junkie XL. Junkie XL, <laughs> sick name. 
Uh, I can't think of the fourth. I don't know. I'm sure it'll come to me. <laughs> I think I think the nice thing with Star Wars is any composer that follows on from John Williams is always going to have that repertoire of John Williams to pull from. We see a lot of this in Rebels as well. Yeah. We've seen it in Rogue One where they do pull elements of his score from the other films and tie it into what they're doing. And that's some of the parts I love the most about Rebels is you've got a really great score there and then it solely and subtly ties in the bigger elements, the bigger themes from Star Wars. So it makes it feel, again, one step closer to Star Wars from a score perspective. So I think you're always going to see at least a piece of John Williams' score embedded within a Star Wars film. Now, whether it's directly from him or whether it's someone borrowing the elements that he has created and they're now iconic and are closely associated with Star Wars itself. like They they can't get away from that. We're not going to have a radically different score in Episode Ten or anything else because that's one of the biggest players and one of the biggest parts of Star Wars is the score. Like That's one of the most memorable things. And that's why I was a little gutted that he didn't get an Oscar for... The Last Jedi. I really like that score. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that good. one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. John Williams, you know, like like you said, he's GOAT. He's, he's the best. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's old. <laughs> but he's still creating awesome stuff. So, yeah. I hope he gets through into episode nine. And if he wants to continue, you know, I'll listen to that guy. Like I said, when we talked about Grab's question, yeah. that what I have in my car is two John Williams CDs. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, before we get into a little bit of Oscar talk, let's talk some DC news. Now, last week, (laughs) such a favorite part. DC, DC. We kept you guys waiting for this one. (laughs) Now, we talked last week about Cheetah being the main villain in Wonder Woman 2, and we speculated on it was Charlie Theron that was in the rumor mill for that, as well as Emma Stone. And it turns out now that Kristen Wiig seems to be the front runner. Not yeah. The comedic actor, Kristen Wiig, who I, I thoroughly like from Ghostbusters and SNL and all that. Mm-hmm. She is now being tapped to play Cheetah. And I'm, I'm really, really interested to hear your opinion. Because <laughs> when I look at this, I'm, I'm not seeing a villain here. I'm, I'm having a bit of a struggle. But we've been fooled before by actors that don't seem like they fit the roles. And they come out and perform just unreal. So what are, what are your thoughts about Kristen Wiig as Cheetah? Yeah, when we did this last week, she wasn't even on my radar, to be honest with you. Um, when they announced it, I was kind of taken aback, and I was like, really, Kristen Wiig? I didn't even think of her. Uh, great in Ghostbusters, great in SNL, mostly comedy roles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bridesmaids. Yeah, Bridesmaids. She was amazing. I think she wrote that, too. Right. She's um, known for being, like, super awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Patty Jenkins, the director, actually personally wants Kristen Wiig in the role, which kind of surprised me. Um, the thing is, you never really know until we see him in action. I mean, if you told me when Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker, I was like, what? That makes no sense. Like, this guy from 10 Things I Hate About You? This is not, he's not the Joker? Jack Nicholson's the Joker. Or when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman, no one thought it was a good idea. I don't I know. Did. I did. <laughs> Thank you. I, I did as well. Um, and he proved everyone wrong. He's a great Batman. Henry Cavill was Superman. So, you know, you got to wait and see. A lot of times, us fans, we choose the obvious, you know, yeah. the obvious ones. Who could play, say, Iron Man? Tom Cruise. You know, like, that's an obvious one. You know, it didn't come to fruition. You can play Professor X. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and sometimes those things work out great, as you said, with uh, Professor X and uh, John Stewart. 
no, what's Don Stewart? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. But it's like um, Hugh Jackman for Logan. Exactly. He, Hugh Jackman, everyone, when he got cast as Wolverine, was like, this guy's in Broadway show tunes. Like He's too tall. Yeah, he's, he's too, too tall. tall. Yeah. You know, we need Danny DeVito as Wolverine. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. It's not someone, but I think Kristen Wiig is a terrific actress. Uh, I'm really excited that, you know, this Wonder Woman 2 movie is going forward, it looks like, and it sounds like. It's definitely going forward. Yeah. And I have faith in Patty Jenkins that she knows what she's doing. You know, she cast, I think, Chris Pine. She fought hard for that No Man's Land scene. So I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, it's inspired casting. And I'm going to turn my faith over to Patty Jenkins because she cannot steer me wrong. How about you, Troy? Yeah. uh, Shoot, man. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, I was really hoping for... um um charlie Theron. Theron. yeah I was, I was really hoping for her but you know it, it's crazy right some of these comedian actors can really just blow you away in some mm-hmm. of these dramatic roles or, or even comedic directors look at the russo brothers what they yeah. did with yeah Winter soldier right uh jim carrey has been known to give us some really cool dramatic uh performances and same with uh, adam sandler yeah. even so oh, yeah. i mean i'm totally right game me, to, right? yeah. to see what uh she can do uh i was just it's it's kind of a curveball right i just didn't yeah. see it coming but mm. It should be pretty cool. I'm sure. I'm sure Patty Jenkins has the most confidence in this uh, <laughs> actress. So yeah. I, I think the hardest part about casting like this is seeing through the actress into the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in Jim Carrey, you look at him in the Riddler. It's hard to see through Jim Carrey. Yeah. Into the character, and so you have to hope that they're able to embody that character so much that you're seeing the cheetah or whatever character she's going to play. Or I don't know what the cheetah's actual name is and how the whole story evolves, but you have to see that character like. Gal Gadot, you you see Wonder Woman now, right? Yeah, and even Affleck, and that like you see that Downey, he's a very odd mixture of both and everything <laughs> that. But you don't really see to me, you don't see the actor anymore. You see the character they play, even more so. You see the character in now the actor. So it, it, that's kind of what you need to do. You don't want to see Kristen Wiig, the comedic actress, and not Cheetah. So that that's the hardest thing that when they do casting like this, that isn't obvious, isn't something that you would expect to be or even down a path where you figure oh yeah that, that kind of makes sense this is yeah. such a curveball you're like am i gonna see anything but that but i think the wait and see approach is what we need to to go for and it, it all depends about how they want to approach this villain because i don't think or to me at least in one of them that the weakest part was what turned out to be the main villain mm-hmm. and so hopefully with this they they really concentrate on producing something on the long lines of I'm going to say this now, Killmonger. Yeah. He's yeah. the best villain, probably one of the best villains we've seen in the MCU. Oh, yeah. And they need to concentrate the same way that they've done in the past with the Nolan verse. It's us concentrating on the villains to develop that and give a strong opposition to Wonder Woman. That, that's going to elevate the film. I feel like this character, though, will have like a lot of makeup or CGI in order to get her because she's like a cat humanoid creature. Yeah. Yeah. So she'll turn into uh, a CGI or a heavily makeup villain. So... I don't think it'll be so much as a factor when she's playing um, Barbara Ann Minerva, the like archaeologist, you know, maybe she'll be like a little bit awkward and Kristen Wiig can bring in some of those comedic uh, bits to kind of like uh, spruce up the movie kind of. Yeah. But nah, it's going to, it's going to be a tough one. But yeah. We'll wait and see wait and yeah. see. Another character we got our first look at actually, and this is something we, we kind of skated over last week, but Shazam. You gotta say Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> so this is, this is an interesting film because Again, I wasn't too familiar that it was a kid that turns into a grown man superhero. And you look at the costume here. It's, it's very comic accurate. 
Oh, yeah. And they've got some set photos here from the back. We see the cape, the red with the big, huge. There's a front image of him now with the big, huge lightning bolts on that. So very much that Alex Ross looking yep. Shazam. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to know, what do, what do you guys think of this thing? Like, is it is it what you thought it was going to be? Because to me, it feels very cartoonish. Is that is that the direction it's supposed to go? I think this has to be like a joke for, for sure. <laughs> I don't think this is like real. Like I mean, it's 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 set photos, but I don't think this is like the official costume. Like, like he's wearing a bodysuit. Yeah, he's wearing a. It just looks funny and silly. Like it can't be real. I know they always do a lot of like different effects, like like in post, yeah, right, yeah. to to make it look what it should. But this just looks kind of silly. Like I just, don't, <laughs> it look, it I just like, don't see it being the final product. Yeah, right? you yeah. know those costumes you buy and like I'm gonna let you in a little secret here. My daughter. And I like play dress up. Yeah, she's yeah. three years old. She throws yeah. on Tristan's dress, and I got to put on a Batman costume. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those ones you pull up, oh, like the full bodysuits one with yeah. the biceps. With the muscles. Yeah. yeah, that's what this looks like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm uh, to kick it around. No, no. Like first appearance is like you look at it when you first saw the Henry Cavill Superman set pick when he's like against the bank vault. You're like, wow, oh. that's epic yeah wb needs to get on that and release it because a lot of times these costumes go through a lot in post um i have a feeling his lightning bolt will probably be like moving with electricity and right, it won't like be static comics. yeah absolutely so i think it's, it's an too incomplete yeah. too yellow i mean it could be i mean with dc one thing is we, they do love to color saturate like if you see man of steel you see batman be superman the color saturation's there um wonder woman even justice league they went the complete opposite and it was like all the colors uh so this one i don't know uh i again i'm gonna take a wait and see approach set photos D- wb released the official image i don't know if they're waiting for wonder WonderCon, but release the official image because it's an incomplete photo yeah, and yeah dc does not need help in negative publicity so send it out the positive vibes and let's get everyone talking positively because i think this movie can be something special um i honestly think this could be like the breakout definitely not like black panther levels but if it does i think this absolutely has a shot at 300 mil uh i think this is gonna be a terrific film i really like the director zachary levi i don't know too much of his work but man, Thor I, the dark world or throwing see and you brought up a point in and this is exactly why when sony released the venom trailer they did not release the symbiote exactly. suit. Yeah. it wasn't finished One and everyone's right. gonna start clowning it and yeah so i don't know why wb went and showed us i mean well it's it's a fan photo oh it's a fan photo yeah oh, so what happened is okay. like they're filming outside in toronto right now actually okay uh inside a mall this is gonna take place in christmas time so okay. they have like some christmas trees up some fans snapped a picture and posted it without them knowing and the director yeah. knowing oh so it's like, yeah it's a like behind the scenes so okay. yeah it's not nothing official or huh. anything like yeah. that so Okay. Green salt, I agree. And <laughs> the thing is, it looks, it, it kind of reminds me of our criticism of Cap suit in Avengers. Yeah. It's just too oh, yeah. comic book for this universe. Mm-hmm. And again, it may come down to tone. It may fit the tone of the film if it's a bit more lighthearted. I think it will be, yeah. But just, again, it's it's a wait and see approach. Yeah, wait yeah. and see. So hopefully, got Aquaman coming up here. And let's get some good stuff for DC. I'm, yeah. I'm really pulling from them this year into 2019. So go see, go DC, go. <laughs> the little engine that could. Yes. All right, guys. I know Troy. We got we got a bit of a time constraint here, but we got to talk a bit about Oscars 2018. Now this is something that we usually focus on quite a bit, but this year it didn't grab us the same way it had in the past. You know, we had our films we were pulling for. I was sitting there hoping that Last Jedi was going to pull something, Guardians of the Galaxy maybe, and you know, long shot for Logan, but. I was pulling for it because, you know, that's that's one of our films. You know, that's in our world. 
But things turned out rather predictable, I would say, as far as the Oscar season goes. You look at all the awards that they've done in the past, it was fairly consistent with Gary Oldman, Francis McDormand, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. So a lot of familiar faces from other awards shows throughout this kind of two, three month season won the Oscars. But what are the, what are the standouts for you guys? You know, did you first, did you, I guess, did you watch it? And second, what were the big standouts for you as far as winners or potential snubs? Yeah, I definitely tuned in. It was a pretty decent show, seeing how this wasn't my favorite Oscar season of films. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad Get Out got uh, that, yes. that one. Yeah, Jordan there. Peele. Jordan yeah, Peele. that's yeah, cool. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to those guys, man. That was great. And man, my all-time masterpiece, Blade Runner 2049. So glad it snatched that award for uh, cinematography. Yeah. Just totally well-deserved. Well-deserved, so, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And um, Three Billboards. Honestly, I was going for Three Billboards for Best Picture, yeah. to be honest. Have I, you seen all the films? I saw Three Billboards, Shape of Lady Water. Bird, Shape of Water, How's Lady Bird? Phantom Thread. Lady Bird, I felt, was overhyped. I think it was like seen at 100 at one point. Yeah. So I had high expectations when I saw yeah. this film. Started off kind of cool, but it felt very much like uh, Edge of 17. But I thought Edge of 17 was the better film. That was a was great film, year, yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, it, it got a so, big, like, there's a bit of controversy around that saying it got snubbed. Like, it didn't get any. Edge of 17? No, um, Lady Bird. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, see, and I I thought that was okay, yeah. to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, it makes I, sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is the Shape of Water that good? I didn't think so, really. I thought it was cool, like, it but like again, it was overhyped. Looks like the Hellboy character. Like, Gilmore Tutorial. <laughs> yeah. Like, it looks like, like his sidekick. Swamp Thing. It looks like Swamp Thing a little. Oh, uh, man. His he needs to get oh, on Hellboy. That. Yeah, side, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And Del Toro looks, did those, looks, too. Looks just like it. <laughs> yeah. Looks just like it. It is a pretty cool movie. Visually, is all right. But I still thought Three Billboards was, was the better film. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to get Best Director, and then Three Billboards would get Best Film, but... Yeah, I'm glad to see him get something. Like, you know, he's a great director. He's done some really good things. And, you know, looking at a few things here, kind of in the effects category, you mentioned cinematography went to Blade Runner 2049, which is what you were pulling for, right? And Dunkirk seemed to clean up in the effects department. You know, film editing it won. It won for um, sound mixing, sound editing. So it did a lot there. And even look into visual effects went to Blade Runner 2049, yeah. which I was a bit shocked at. Like, you you know, you're competing against War for the Planet of the Apes, yeah. The Last Jedi, Kong Skull Island, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, but, you know, I'm happy overall with, with kind of what, what took here. I was hoping, again, that John Williams is going to win for best score. But he didn't and, and quite got it there. again. That was for The Shape of Water. Yeah, which was crazy because I thought it was either going to be a toss-up between um, obviously Star Wars or, or Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread yeah. was in that category, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Phantom Thread, like, it was a really nice score. So I'm surprised that it went to uh, Shape of Water, which it had one kind of cool song, but huh. not enough to win the whole yeah. award, I thought. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then original song went to Remember Me, Coco. Coco. I just watched that like five times this good movie. with my daughter. Such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. twist. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Right? A little Vader moment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's actually a good film. Mine, we had it literally on repeat. My daughter, we'd finish it. And, like, she doesn't really pay attention to it. It's just kind of on. Yeah. yeah. I want to watch it again. And then she'll watch, like, 10 minutes and then be off playing with Barbies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, you know, like, I, it's, it's kind of a weird year. And, I, like, I'm always pulling for The Last Jedi and that. And yeah. films that, that I attach to a bit more, I like to see them win. But, you know, overall, it, it's, it's just kind of a thing. I like watching it because it's right now, especially politically in the U.S., you're waiting for someone to say something. Like Jimmy Kimmel had a few funny things, and there's this, you know, the big movement that we're seeing in Hollywood too, about you know the Times Up movement, and all this. It was very prevalent there, you know, and in which I'm happy about getting some, you know, some good face time, and you know Jordan Peele winning is a huge thing as yeah. well, and so 
they're diversifying. I think it's a step in the right direction with things. There still needs to be more. But overall, I think, you know, the Oscars in itself, it's just kind of a fun thing to watch. Yeah. And, you know, it's not super significant in our discussions here. Yeah. No. But it is nice to see that we're getting recognition. You know, Logan, I didn't expect it to win. But at the end of the day, it was nice to see a nomination there. Pick a comic book movie from 2018 that you think has the best shot to be nominated and pick the category. Black Panther costume design. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Black Panther's definitely got to be in there. You know, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, it's it's probably not going to be in the, the big awards, but I'm trying to think that, you know, that soundtrack is, Ooh, score's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. score's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I did like that, but costume design, probably. Yeah. Per, uh, production design as well. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Wakanda in itself is, is nice. gorgeous, yeah. so I could see that taking, taking a nomination there. I don't know if it's going to win, but right now, I'm trying to project what films are going to be in these categories oh, it's so tough Black yeah panther oh, yeah. but i'm just thinking like if you look at infinity war like they'll be nominated for a few things but black panther probably has the best shot out of any film including the ones we haven't seen to mm-hmm. be nominated for something yeah oh absolutely yeah. you know does coogler get a nod yeah, oh yeah. that'd be cool that'd be cool i don't know uh, I'm going to go Aquaman because of course the only <laughs> dc movie surprise surprise <laughs> oh Ooh. Something just Iron Man dropped. Just fell. Yeah. He was so <laughs> he was shocked at my Aquaman news. <laughs> I mean, go best special effects. Uh, James Wan brings it and something underwater that we haven't really seen before. And if he really nails it, I could absolutely see that being nominated for best special effects. Yeah, I guess the underwater, it could be like a Avatar type. Yeah. Yeah. If they really nail that. So, but overall, yeah, I think, you know, it's, you look at the best picture here. It's something I'm probably going to get into and watch The Shape of Water, being that it has one. Comes out but, next week on uh, video. But I always find that if they had released these things before the Oscars, I would have watched them. Now, yeah. outside of Dunkirk and Get Out, like Get Out, it's funny because did you notice too with Get Out, they never played it like a horror. Yeah. Like yeah. it was played like a serious film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In yeah. Best Picture. They never showed, they go, the only reason I caught it is because I knew it's a horror, some weird suspenseful suspense kind of like film, yeah. right? Yeah. But the way they showed like the clips and the act, like everything about it, they never allude to it being anything but a serious film. The Academy hates horror films. Uh, it's a big movement in the horror community, actually, that they wanted Jordan Peele to mention the word horror in his acceptance speech if he won, because like the, uh, the Academy never represents horror films. In fact, the last horror film to even get nominated for Best Picture besides Get Out, I believe was Silence of the Lambs, which won all the way back in 1990. Wow. So, I mean, horror is a terrific genre. They got to recognize that shit, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't like it because it scares me. Nightmares <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I'm a giant wimp. But <laughs> One of the last couple questions I'll ask you before we wrap this thing up. Gary Oldman, have you seen The Darkest Hour? I saw the first two seconds and I passed out. Not because of the film. I was just extremely tired. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of historical and like I'd love to see Winston Churchill during World War II and all that. So I'm actually quite excited to see this now. that Especially that Oldman's got this nod here. Like Commissioner for, Gordon. Yeah. Just, he's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In that. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. The amount of people that have done like comic book movies were well represented. You saw like Gal Gadot was all over the place. Gary Oldman. Guillermo del Toro. You know, all these people, it's taking over Hollywood. Well, BB-8 yeah. and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran. Tran That's and, right. Uh, Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Isaac. yeah. Apocalypse himself was there. Yeah, exactly. Oof. I forgot that one. <laughs> no, it's cool to see your representation. I, you know, BB-8's rolling out on the stage. Yeah, I think they did that last year, the year before, too. When yeah, The Force Awakens came out. I think out. so, yeah. Yeah, they had BB-8 yeah. on the, BB-8 Did you on see the Mark Hamill introduce himself to Gal Gadot? Yeah. <laughs> 
That was, that was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, don't do it. It's the Joker and Wonder Woman meeting. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, hi. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I think I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. I wonder if Hamill ever gets tired of being referred to as Luke Skywalker or not Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, actually, he said that he gets like just as many requests for the Joker as he does for Luke Skywalker. Oh, does he? I bet, yeah. I bet, man. Yeah. That voice. Classic. classic. Oh, yeah. So, all right, gentlemen. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. It's been another busy weekend, nerd, and we're looking forward to going into the next few weeks because. You know, we're going to get some trailers here. We're going to talk a bit about some Netflix stuff. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones just got some announcements as far as when they're dropping. Jessica Jones on March this week, I think. Wow. Luke Cage, June 22nd. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of stuff to talk about there. There's some exciting films coming up here. We're going to keep an eye on this Black Panther box office to see if it actually clicks up and overtakes Avengers. We're going to keep following Infinity War as well as Solo, which is staying in that May 25th position, which means that Sanjay uh... will be wearing that <laughs> Chewbacca costume. And he does promise, or we do promise to throw it at Sweet to try to get Troy and I to wear a Lando and Han Solo attire to match the Chewbacca here. So we Who's will go throw that out. <laughs> we discussed this last week. This is episode 109. <laughs> if you guys would like to be a part of the show very much like Grabs Granite is, you can always email us at thenerdorim at gmail.com. You can hit us up on YouTube or Facebook. And as always, you can grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. Make sure to hit up the nerdroom.net for all of our latest shows. Like I mentioned, Troy and I are going to be discussing the season or series, I should say, finale of Rebels and talking about some of the elements that we had missed in the last few episodes talking about i'm not going to say anything but just the big elements we will hit on each and every one of them make sure to go check out sunjay's film <laughs> collecting over on our youtube page just search the nerd room podcast on youtube and be sure to hit up the starscommonwealth.com for all of the podcasts in the commonwealth including the newest member less than 12 parsecs podcast and after that big mouthful, <laughs> one take, <laughs> it is time for us to say goodbye for now. So for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.